0: From South Florida, the Brian Mudd Show starts right now. News Radio 610 W.I.O.D. The yeas are 219. The nays are 206. The resolution is adopted. Things are tight in the House these days, right? Uh, that was the vote on the Senate's passage of the debt ceiling, which gets them to December 3rd in Congress, so there will be more showdowns and finger-pointing over the debt ceiling sooner rather than later. But, of course, in the meantime, the questions remain about the George Costanza-inspired human funds, Money for People, the uh, attempt of... The the Greenish New Deal, uh, in addition to whatever might come of the bipartisan deal from the Senate that also sits in the House. And for some analysis on this, we are joined by Jonathan Bidlack, director of the governance program at R Street. They always have excellent insights. And Jonathan, as I understand it, you're saying it's spending, not the debt ceiling. That's the problem.
1: Yeah, that, that's right, and, uh, and thanks for having me. You know, I, I think the easiest way to, to, to think about this is just, you know, imagine an analogy. I mean, you, you charge a whole bunch on your credit card, and then you decide that you're not going to pay it. You know, that doesn't actually really stop you from doing a whole lot in the future. Uh, all it does is... uh Uh, is, you know, doesn't solve the problem that you, that already got you here, which is you, you spent a whole lot of money that you didn't necessarily have the ability to pay for. So I think that, you know, there's been so much distraction from people on both sides focusing on, on the debt limit. Uh, that it's ignored the reason why we keep bu- bumping up against the debt limit to begin with. And, you know, there's, there's, there's two things that contribute to the debt. It's either spending going up or it's revenue going down. And, you know, we just heard yesterday that revenue hit a, I think it was a, you know, 40 year high. Uh, and so, so, you know, revenue, at least at this moment in time is not the problem. It's that we've been spending like crazy, uh, on, you know, all sorts of stuff, frankly, over the last Two four years and beyond, and uh, that keeps pushing up against this uh, this debt limit, and so that's the reason why we're we're having this public discussion. But I think I think we've been ignoring the the true cause of the problem.
0: Yeah, you know, Jonathan, it's uh, interesting you you mentioned what you you just referenced, and in, in part you reminded me. Was, I think it was last week, if not as the week before. But I did an analysis adjusted for inflation on the most mm-hmm. expensive. pieces of legislation in in American history. The New Deal was no longer even in the top five. All of the top five most expensive uh, pieces of legislation have happened since 2009. All of them. I mean, so a lot of people have said, you know, people complain about debt they have for decades, uh, and nothing's really happened and it hasn't been a problem. Well, what we're doing is definitely different than what we used to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, no one knows, of course, you know, how much debt is too much. And there are arguments to be made that, you know, the United States is in a unique scenario. Obviously, we, we still function as the world's reserve currency. We still have an incredibly productive workforce, the most productive workforce in the, in the world. And so, you know, obviously you're able to sustain that, but, uh, at least to a, to a degree. But, you know, as, as, you know, debt creeps up as a share of GDP, which is, you know, really as a share of our wealth, um, presumably you get closer and closer to whatever that point may be and and that's that 's what we really don 't know and I think the other the other point that 's missed here is that you know, it's not just about the debt either. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people view when we talk about the debt as this problem down the road that we have to deal with, which, you know, I find ironic. First of all, we, we talk a lot about climate change, rightfully so. And, and yet, uh, you know, we recognize that there are sort of, you know, to, to tackle that problem, you may have to go and think about that you know today. But when it comes to the debt, there are a lot of people that sort of turn the other way and don't want to actually think about, you know, the, the fact that you may require some solutions today. But, but, but the other point here again is that, you know, to the degree that we're spending a lot, um, that's still money that's coming out of the economy today right we're taking money out of the private sector which you know not all the time but like usually is more you know a little bit more productive than than the public sector um, and we're putting it into into you know things may not necessarily be as productive and so there are there are real costs you know where we're seeing obviously inflation pressures as well so there's all these different ways in which the actions that we're taking today have very real impacts on on you know Americans right Right here and now this isn't just the problem that you know is, is something that we have to worry about down the road you know the proverbial you know proverbial kids and grandkids uh, as i think it's often talked about
0: you're being generous in your comparison most companies would be bankrupt if they operated as efficiently as governments um if we uh <laughs> t- take a look at uh your your analogy i think you it was a good one with the credit card so most people, because the the debt feels like this existential thing that just kind of hangs out there and and whatever uh but from a point of understanding, you know people a lot of people, most people will deal with debt at some point in their lives, and a lot of people have trouble with it and people understand that yeah i can I can keep a balance on my credit card and I can have debt uh, you know a car loan or a mortgage. And things will work as long as I can make the minimal monthly payments. As long as I can keep this whole thing going, it, it works. But they know that the day when they no longer can even hit the minimums to pay all those bills, now I've got a problem. And some of the more recent analysis with all the spending that you're talking about that that we're engaged in is the stuff starts to hit the fan. Uh, sooner rather than later. And really now, you know, within the next decade in many cases.
1: Yep, I think that's, I think that's exactly uh, right. And that's, it's great analysis. And, and you know, your, your point about, about, you know, sort of comparing the, you know, the government to a, a private company is also an astute one because the other thing that we haven't even talked about yet is all of the other, you know, all of the other obligations that the federal government is is taking on so it's not just that we've accrued you know 28 trillion dollars in debt so far it's also that looking forward all of the things that we are on the hook for, you know, Medicare. Of course, we know healthcare costs are rising dramatically. You know, Social Security we know is no longer t- uh, taking in more money than it's paying out because of you know the baby boomers retiring. Uh, and so, and you, and then you, you you consider things like you know who knows what you know future wars there might be or other other things of that nature. And so, so you know, if you are a company. You have to show, of course, all of those obligations on your books. It's not just about, you know, your your balance sheet right now. It's, it's about, you know, what do those flows look like in the future? And I think that, you know, when we're talking about the federal government here, the big issue from a, a solvency standpoint is that, you know, it's not necessarily problematic that we have this debt accrued already. What makes it particularly dangerous, or at least concerning, is that you know we have we have a, a picture looking forward that looks much much worse and does not put us on a trajectory toward resolving the debt that we've already accumulated. And so, you know, there's I mean, you're right. There's no there's no problem per se with taking on debt so long as it's for you know reasonably productive purposes. I mean, I think we all acknowledge that there are, there are things that the federal government is maybe uniquely suited to do national defense for example being the most common example Um, but but the question is you know is that what we're actually using this funding for and and how does how does the spending that we're engaging in now really compare with this this fuller picture and when you look at that fuller picture looking forward I mean, you're talking now well over $100 trillion of additional unfunded, you know, commitments uh, uh, in the future. And so uh, that is why the picture gets so much more uh, troubling. It's, you know, we're not putting ourselves on a a path to resolving the problem that that exists and and we're just making it worse.
0: So, Jonathan, um, both in terms of inflation and the longer term debt problems with which you're speaking, let's say that. Even a, a scaled down version of the human infrastructure thing passes along with the, the bipartisan deal. So now you're talking about trillions more, you know, that's, that's expended out there. What would the outlook be at that point?
1: It's a really good question, and that's of course, I suppose, if I, if I knew the, uh, if I knew the answer for sure to that, you know, I might be running my own, my own hedge fund, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I, I I think, I mean, I, I think we don't know, right? I mean, there's this open question right now about, you know, is the inflation that we're seeing something that is potentially permanent or long lasting, or is it something that's transitory that just reflects, you know, kind of the, the slowdown that we've experienced over the last year and a half, largely driven by the pandemic? and so you know that's a that's a very tough question to answer and we we just don't know yet and i think that you know uh, the the answer to that question will really determine you know what our economic prospects look like uh going forward but but here's the thing i mean you know on the margin continuing to add additional spending that is not that is not you know being paid for um it only makes that picture worse Right. It doesn't it doesn't actually go and put us in a better situation. And I think you're seeing, you know, the administration is is certainly concerned about that. Right. I mean, I think Americans are concerned about that. And so, you know, again, whether or not it's a it's a, you know, a, a permanent problem that remains to be seen. But, you know. Policymakers should be thinking about this as if it could be a permanent problem and taking actions to, to mitigate it. And, you know, you're seeing the Federal Reserve doing that on the, on the, you know, perhaps a little bit on the, on the monetary policy side. But, you know, lawmakers in Washington aren't really taking serious the, uh, uh, you know, the fiscal policy part of that equation. And I think that's, I think that's troubling.
0: You do the hedge fund thing. I won't guarantee that I'll invest in it, but if you end up deciding you want to run for political office, I would be willing to support your candidacy.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know, I think, uh, 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 candidly, I think you know we, uh, we we find ourselves in a in a tough position because, frankly, the the one thing that members in both parties always seem to be able to agree on is the fact that you know we should spend more money, and so yes, uh, you know, we certainly could use use fewer of those kind
0: of people. Jonathan Biddley, Director of Governance Program, R Street. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You bet. I enjoyed it. All right. And uh, Natalie, the Trinity story up next here on the Brian Mudd Show, News Radio 610 WIOD.